say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Finding Dad Bod, where my dad, Coach Alex Van Houten, puts his 14 years of experience to work for you. You should listen to him. He's pretty beast mode. Who knows who we could be if we could become 1% better every single day. What's up, guys? This is Alex Van Houten with Defining Dad Bod. I hope you're doing super well. You're listening to Season 3, Episode 23 of Defining Dad Bod, where we're talking about the Great Obesity Gene Study. In honor of the Faithful 40, I've been going live every day to my Facebook community in order to add some meat to the idea that your nutrition, your exercise, and your lifestyle are far more than the calories you're taking in versus the calories you're burning off. And in that short and I hope informative series, I've spent some time unpacking the idea that our exercise, being more than calories burned, is actually a powerful, positive adaptation to turn on unmanifested potential in the form of genes in our DNA while turning off things in our blueprint that we don't want expressed. In today's show, I'm going to walk through a very specific and powerful study done two years ago on 18,000 participants in Taiwan that shows you how amazing and scientific this outlook is. Because of this study... Many of my clients have become walkers, runners, hikers, and joggers when they would normally have been ellipticalers or cyclists. You'll see what I'm talking about in a bit. Before we get there, one piece of housekeeping and some food for thought. If you haven't already, if you haven't already, I invite you to check out our new community online, Better Daily. This is a powerful group off of social media where we're working to become 1% better every single day. And right now, we're engaged in our quarterly Faithful 40 Challenge and things are really getting good. As of December 1st, we've moved the funding from this show from Patreon and our online community space from Facebook to be more integrated and valuable at Better Daily. The link's in the show notes below. It's really easy to sign up. And from now until January 1st, the cost of that community is only $10 a month. We have monthly workshops and Q&As, as well as exclusive content like dietitian written meal plans, workout programs, and most importantly, a forum of support and encouragement. 
for those who also believe in becoming 1% better every single day. After three weeks, I'm really enjoying this platform, and the 30 people who have chosen to give it a shot are also loving it as well. Check it out at betterdaily.disciplemedia.com. I know that's a lot to type, so the link's in the show notes below. And now our food for thought. This week, during my reading and reflection time, I'm in the Bible, in the book of Matthew, and I ran across a verse that I've struggled with several times. In Matthew chapter 15, Jesus is contending with the Pharisees because they've taken him to task on why his disciples don't wash their hands before they eat. And his famous quote says, It's not what goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out. Now, interestingly, I've heard many people use this verse to defend their crummy diets, saying, Alex, on a spiritual level, it really doesn't matter what I eat, as long as what I'm speaking is the truth and love. Yeah, yeah, fine. Although, I don't think Jesus is actually defending your Cheez-Its and ice cream. If anything, since Jesus is talking about his disciples not washing their hands before they eat, this might be more of an argument for creating a healthy and happy microbiome, rather than an argument against cutting out junk food from your diet. But I digress. A thought that occurred to me this morning, though, was this. I wonder how long it takes before not being conscious about our diet affects what actually does come out of us. Is it a week of eating poorly, a month of eating poorly, or ten years of eating poorly before your crummy attitude, lack of energy, and overall diswellness starts to affect the way that you speak to the people that you love and affects the way that you speak to yourself on the inside? When Jesus said what he said, coffee with 72 grams of sugar in it, Twinkies, and the myriad of other food-like substances that many people eat on the regular did not abound as much. Is there anything that you're taking in, through your eyes, through your ears, through your mouth, that might not defile you in the moment, but over time changes the quality and light of what comes out of you? I know it was a challenging passage for me this morning, and whether you're religious or not, it's something worth thinking about. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Shoot me a message at CoachAl at DefiningDadBod.com. That's your food for thought today. I hope it gives you something to munch on. And now I'm super stoked because we get to jump into some of the most amazing and impactful science that I've come across in the last two years. Enjoy. So let's dive right in. This study again was published on August 1st, 2019, and it's the largest study to date of its kind. 18,424 Taiwanese biobank participants allowed their personal genome to be sequenced to look for markers of obesity. And then those participants answered a lot of questions as well as allowed themselves to be weighed and measured so that this vast number of participants could be analyzed for any correlations among the obesity genes, their current lifestyle, exercise, and nutrition practices, and their actual outcomes. What the study's researchers hoped to find was some sort of correlation between certain lifestyle factors and how genes were expressed because of it. What the study found was extremely powerful. In short, there are certain types of exercise that seem to buffer the effects of obesity genes. I know, it blew my mind too. Let's dive in. So the participants were 18,424 Han Chinese adults, ages 30 to 70. Their genomes were measured and marked for what's called a genetic risk score for obesity. They were also measured on five measures of obesity. One, body mass index. Two, body fat percentage. Three, waist circumference. Four, hip circumference. And five, 
waist-to-hip ratio. Like I said before, this was the first large-scale genome study ever done on the effects of obesity genes. So they took all this data, and then they looked through the genetic risk scores as a function of whether or not these people were actually obese. The last piece of evidence that they put into the mix was self-report on regular exercise. They asked participants about 18 kinds of exercise that they engaged in. I'm going to read the top ones out to you, but I don't imagine you're interested in all 18. But it turns out that there are a couple that have mitigating effects on the obesity genes that others don't affect. So they had a no-exercise category. They had walkers. They had faster-paced walkers called exercise walking. They had joggers, cyclers, mountain climbers, stretchers, international standard dancing, swimming, Tai Chi, and you gotta love Taiwan because they included Dance Dance Revolution, DDR. Yoga, Qigong, weight training, badminton, and tennis were also included in this study. So let's see what they found. It's pretty unanimous across the board that exercise of any sort is going to have mitigating effects on obesity risk factors measured genetically. That is, if you have the genes that increase your risk of being obese, then any sort of exercise is better than none. But very few studies have looked at all five of these measures of obesity rather than just body mass index, and no study has looked at the effects of different types of exercise on these five factors. So if you don't hear anything else from me today, here it goes. These are the exercises found to have the biggest effect on buffering obesity genes, meaning that if you engage in these types of exercise, despite having genetics that would predispose you to obesity, then it may have a profound effect on your ability to not be obese. Mountain climbing, walking, exercise walking, and international standard dancing all had positive effects on BMI. Also, if you had a yoga practice that was longer than six months or more, participants were also found to have mitigating effects on BMI. But the most powerful exercise modality to address body composition, to address BMI, to address waist-to-hip ratios, was jogging. This study found that individuals who reported jogging on a regular basis, despite having a high risk for obesity because of their genetics, had better body compositions, lower BMI, lower waist circumference, and better waist-to-hip ratios. What I found crazy about this is that some of these effects might be explained by caloric expenditure. For instance, jogging did better at keeping the obesity genes at bay compared to something like badminton. But jogging also outperformed things like cycling, swimming, and dance dance revolution, all of which burn a large amount of calories. That is, if you're any good at them. Come over to my house, play DDR sometime, and I'll show you how to get some high-intensity intervals in a 4x4 space. Hashtag nerd dad. So I've said a lot of things. Let's make sure we recap. Over 18,000 people studied, their genome sequenced, and they are assigned a risk factor for obesity based on their genetics. Then they're measured to see whether or not they're actually obese. Body composition, BMI, waist circumference, hip circumference, and waist-to-hip ratio. And then the researchers compare their reported exercise with whether or not those obesity genes have manifested themselves or not. And there are some exercises that definitely seem to buffer the effects of obesity genes, while there are other exercises that seem to have no effect. Walking, mountain climbing, power walking, international standard dancing, 
and jogging, best of all, seem to have the most profound effect in buffering obesity genes. But cycling, swimming, stretching, and yoga, although they had a small effect, were almost negligible in their effects to buffer obesity. Comparatively, pursuing weight training, badminton, table tennis, basketball, and tennis didn't seem to have any effect, although researchers said that there are very few people in that 18,000-person study who engaged in any of those activities. So if you were asking a Taiwanese person, out of 18,000 people, do you even lift? Only 218 of them would say yes. That hurts my heart, but that's not the point of this show. So a discussion. Why are we talking about this study today? Well, we just finished a little while back our Beyond Calories series, and one of the things that I spoke about and one of the things that I was really interested in was the idea of exercise in conjunction with its ability to adapt our bodies and affect our genetic makeup rather than just to be an expenditure of calories in our day. You've heard me harp on how little exercise actually burns calories to begin with and why as a method for energy expenditure management, it's really actually a crummy system. And so when I approach my clients' programs, oftentimes I don't track calories burned at all in their program. And yet I'm finding people who lose 20, 30, 40, and more pounds in six months or less when we work together. Well, what's happening? When you construct a periodized exercise program that seeks to change the way the body expresses its own genetic makeup, then you create long-term sustainable change. And that's what we seek to do with our exercise programs. One of the problems with that approach, however, is that when you look at peer-reviewed research on long-term obesity programming, there's just not a lot of conclusive or persuasive evidence out there. And for the love of it, they keep counting calories, as if that's helped a whole bunch up until this point. So I find this study fascinating and powerful, and I'm actually very sad that it's not been published more, because this is the largest scale study we've ever seen that didn't ask questions about caloric expenditure, but instead looked directly at the genetic makeup of the participants in relationship to how they actually manifested obesity. It turns out that regardless of the calories you burn, jogging is better than swimming to keep your obesity genes at bay. Or at least this study has brought us one step closer to being able to make that claim. What's even more wild about it is that having been a trainer for 13 years, I've actually seen this borne out when I work with people on a regular basis. They'll say, what form of cardio is best? Well, that's an important question, especially in the very beginning of your program. I'll say any form you'll do for me on a regular basis. But as the program begins to evolve and people become more and more conditioned, I find the best results from clients who will do walking, jogging, hiking, dance, or yoga over cycling or swimming. And while I've been known to throw in a good row machine interval at the end of something, you'll never see me asking somebody to take 60 minutes and go burn it out on the row machine. And so I share this with you to encourage you to do a few things. First, as always, continue seeing your exercise as a way to adapt your body and to get the best out of the genes that you've been dealt, rather than just seeing your exercise as a way to burn calories. Exercise changes the way our genetic makeup is expressed, and the better we do about periodizing our workouts to bring out the best in us, the more we'll have the best in us brought out. Second, if you're not walking, jogging, hiking, yoga-ing, or mountain climbing regularly, and you have some fat loss goals you're working on, consider switching from your current cardio modality to one of those modalities. While this study isn't suggesting that you can't lose fat by swimming versus jogging, 
it's really hard to argue with 18,000 participants with a genetic profile combined with their exercise habits. And so maybe you'll find that it works well for you. And last but not least, if you're facing some biomechanical challenges that keep you from being able to do things like jog, run, or dance, remember that any exercise is better than no exercise when it comes to bringing out the best in your genes. So keep on keeping on, and if you need some help finding something that you can do with yourself to bring out the best in you, reach out at coachal at definingdadbot.com. I've put the link to the actual study paper below if you're interested in reading this for yourself and or helping me to spread it around. I think the world deserves some more press that challenge the status quo that asks you to eat less and exercise more as the answer to all of your health and fitness problems. Maybe you'd be better off working with your genes rather than against your food. This has been Alex Van Houten with Defining Dad Bod. Until next time, guys, kick butt, take names. Free, practical advice and conversations here remain unbought and unbiased thanks to the support of listeners just like you. If this episode's been helpful to you, please share it with somebody in your life who you know it will benefit. Then, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a raving review to tell others what value Defining DadBot has brought to your health and fitness journey. And finally, if you want more Defining DadBot, consider joining our online community. We send a lot of perks and resources your way, and I, Coach Alex, go live every month to talk through our listeners' health and fitness questions to make the practical science of this show applicable to everyday life. Everyone's welcome, and we'd love to have you. For more information about joining the inner circle or becoming a supporter of the Defining DadBot podcast, go to definingdadbot.com slash inner circle. That's definingdadbot.com slash inner circle. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.